0: My father's farm was just south of Ellsworth, a mile or more from the head of the Sagamon River. This bottom land in the fall was covered with tall grass as high as a horse's neck, and then the fire got into it. The creek being dry, it was alarming for those who lived in the path of the flames.
1: Born in the summer of 1837 in a spacious log cabin in Old Town Township, it was a four-room cabin. Mary Ann Cheney Marmon, leaves several really fascinating manuscripts entailing her accounts of what life was like during the early settlement period.
0: Hello, my name is Jennifer Malloy and I'm a volunteer for the McLean County
1: Museum of History. This is Bill Kemp, librarian, McLean County Museum of History. Being born in McLean County in 1837 makes you an early settler. After all, the county isn't established until late 1830, and Bloomington doesn't get underway until 1831. She wrote about the interactions with early Euro-American settlers and indigenous people, including the Kickapoo and the uh, Delaware. She wrote about social life and housekeeping, and I think most interesting in some ways, she wrote about prairie fires.
0: In staying the process of tree fires, a fire was started burning spaces. In this way, they were more easily extinguished.
1: It's hard for us to capture in a mind's eye today what the Grand Prairie was like during the arrival of Euro-Americans in the 1820s and 1830s, literally a sea of waving perennial flowers and grasses, from little blue stem to golden Alexander.
0: When well underway, they were fearfully grand and frightful to behold. Especially at night, a more beautiful sight could scarcely be imagined when the miles and miles of roaring and leaping flames could be seen sweeping over the hills at a tremendous speed and lighting the whole heavens with a brilliant glow.
1: Only one hundredth of one percent of all prairie in the land of Lincoln, in the Prairie State, remains today. So to call ourselves the Prairie State is is somewhat of a dark joke in a way.
0: If the fire was then seen to be coming dangerously near, all hands turned out to fight the foe. They put on old clothes and took older clothes to fight the fire with. They tied them with sticks and poles. Men's apparel was the best implements, old coats, pants, or vests, not taking fire so easily. The men mounted their horses armed with wagons of defense and rode away as fast as their horses could carry them.
1: Fire certainly shapes the emergence and persistence of the Grand Prairie. Uh, The deep fibrous roots of prairie plants really protected grasses and perennial flowers from periodic burnings. Not only that, increased the growth and productivity of the plants in the soil to have periodic burns.
0: Furrows were plowed a half or a quarter of a mile from the fence to protect the fences and crops. The fences represented a money value that they were anxious to protect.
1: And these fires uh, we're now coming to understand were not only natural set by lightning strikes and other means, but were also of a human origin set by indigenous people, sometimes accidentally, but often to clear heavy stands of grass, sometimes to channel game in large
0: hunts. These fences were what were called worm fences, from the zigzag manner in which they were built. They were made of split rails laid six or eight feet high. These rails were made from trees cut into logs, and then the logs were split into rails and hauled many miles. Being in this zigzag form, the corners held an amount of grass that had been blown there thus making it impossible to save the fences when once they caught fire. These fences are now almost entirely replaced with other material. Sometimes miles of these fences were burned, involving much loss.
1: William B. Carlock, an early settler, said, such beauty as no human tongue could describe. That was his memories of the Grand Prairie, of his Youth.
0: When I was a little girl, I watched these fires with a childish awe and wonderment.